everybody. Hey now, hey now, hey now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new edition of Hot Takes. Here we are. It is July the 18th, 2023, back with a brand new week. And as you know, it has been a stressful day for me. It's been so stressful, I could barely handle it. I had the car issues, if you listen to the radio show, you know about all that stuff. It's just been, it's, it's been overwhelming, to say the least. It's also been an overwhelming day at the White House. As you know, with Coke Gate, there's no longer cocaine in the White House. Uh, it's, it's tough. And you could tell, particularly today, with Joe Biden meeting with the Israeli president, that there for sure is no cocaine left in the White House. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level, and they are, and 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 as I. Uh, there's definitely no cocaine at that White House because Joe Biden can barely stay awake. Hey, want to thank our special friends, our partners at Vapor Forge. Y'all look at this. Look at this. Look, would you look at that Vapor Forge, baby? Sponsors of Over the Line. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Right there, 4673, Highway 280-205-874-9010. Proud, proud sponsors of the line. Y'all go check them out. Show them some love. You know they're with the radio show as well. Tony, one of my best friends and um, the best partners. One of the one of the best partners I could possibly have uh, in this venture of doing radio shows, podcasts, and everything else. Now, when we started today's radio show... Uh, outside of the car stuff, which, by the way, I think we got that fixed. So for those of you that actually watch the podcast, you know, you heard it here first. I think I got the car issue fixed, but I was in a panic today. Outside of that, when we started the show today, the first news that I talked about was something that Donald Trump posted today, this morning, on Truth Social. It's a statement. By, the, by Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States. Let me just, let me read this to you in the form of this tweet. Let's see if we can pull this up right quick. It says, wow, on Sunday night while I was with my family having just arrived from the Turning Point event in Florida where I won the straw poll against all other Republican candidates, with 85.7%, I like how precise that is, with all polls showing me leading in the Republican primary by a very substantial number, almost everyone predicting that I will be the Republican nominee for president, and as I'm leading Democrat Joe Biden in the polls by a lot, horrifying news for our country was given to me by my attorneys. Deranged Jack Smith, true, the prosecutor with Joe Biden's DOJ sent a letter, again, it was Sunday night, stating that I am a target of the January 6th grand jury investigation and giving me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and indictment. 
So now Joe Biden's Attorney General Merrick Garland, who I turned down for the United States Supreme Court, in retrospect, based on his corrupt and unethical actions, a very wise decision, together with Joe Biden's Department of Injustice, having effectively issued a third indictment and arrest of Joe Biden's number one political opponent, who is largely dominating him in the race for the presidency. Nothing like this has ever happened in our country before or even close. The, they illegally spied on my campaign, attacked me with a totally fake dossier that was funded by Hillary Clinton's campaign and the DNC, impeached me twice. I won. They failed on the Mueller witch hunt. No collusion. They failed on the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, the 51 intelligence agents fraud, the FBI Twitter files, the DOJ Facebook censorship, and every other scam imaginable. But on top of all that, they, they have now effectively indicted me three times with a probable fourth coming from Atlanta where the DOJ where the DOJ are in strict and possibly illegal coordination with the district attorney whose record on murder and other violent crimes is abysmal. This witch hunt is all about election interference and a complete and total political weaponization of law enforcement. It is a very sad day for our nation, and uh, I couldn't agree more. And I theorized on the show uh, why this is going on. And it's a... You know, it's 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 a question that I think a lot of people are asking. People like myself that sits here and, and thinks about this stuff all day, every day. Why are they still doing this? Well, the, the obvious answer, they want Donald Trump in jail. Uh, and, and they do. That's that's a for sure thing. They want Donald Trump in jail. But they more so want to eliminate the support he has, which that involves, you guessed it, you. If you, in fact, support Donald Trump, they want to convince you to no longer support this guy because you, and when I say you, I mean myself, I mean anybody else, the the 85% of Republicans that are supporting Donald Trump or whatever the number is, they want those people to cut it out. They want those people to move on. And if they will, move on to to Ron DeSantis even. Ron De, in their mind, if you'll move on to Ron DeSantis, that's a step in the right direction. That, that'll help. And then they can worry about Ron DeSantis. But Donald Trump is such a threat that they can't afford to have him in the White House again. They can't have him in Washington, D.C. again because this time, this time it's much worse. Last time they had an insurance policy, and they literally called it an insurance policy. It was the deep state. It was the people they planned on surrounding him with, and they effectively did, that were going to stab him in the back, circular reporting, people getting paid off, book deals and everything else to turn around and talk bad about Donald Trump after he hired him. They had it all together. But now everybody knows that gimmick. Everybody knows that playbook. So they can't use it this time. 
So for them, it's much more dangerous. That's why they got to get rid of the guy. They got to kill your support. Maybe they think they can kill your support by continuing to indict him until you get tired of it. As I noted today, the DeSantis people, large portion of DeSantis people, the reason they got away from Donald Trump is they say that there's just too much drama. They don't want the drama. They don't want the constant talk of indictments and arrest and everything else. They want to move on to a normal politician, back to the old school politics where we all just got screwed over equally. That's no offense, DeSantis people. They want to get away from that. But what you do when you get away from that, you let them know they won. You let them know that, hey, if there's a guy that actually gives power back to the people, or a female for that matter, they have the ability to run them out of town. If they do this, this if you back off and say, you know what, it's too much, Y'all win, throw him in jail, throw him off the ticket, whatever. They will then have that in their back pocket for the next guy that comes along and does the right thing. They know how to break you. They know how to break you. They then effectively, we all know the DNC, they, they rig their elections. There are no fair primaries if you're a Democrat voter. They pick their person and... They move on to the general. If you let them do this, they effectively rig the DNC and the RNC at that point. Because they're not only picking their candidates, they're picking your candidate as well. They'll just harass the crap out of whoever they don't like until you get tired of the harassing. Then you, you're stuck with the other guy. Whoever they think maybe is more beatable or maybe more inclined to, you know, bend to the left a little bit. Compromise, if you will. Because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a Republican that will compromise. Because they're not going to compromise. The left, Democrats are not going to compromise. They never do. It's always the Republicans. That's what they're looking to do. It's the same playbook. So it should be no surprise. Just think about that as this next indictment comes through over the next four days. Keep it at the front of your mind that if, in fact, this is the point where you're like, okay, it's enough. I'm done with the orange guy. I've had enough. Just know the signal that it's sending to them. Because they'll read into it. And they have no shame. They really, if they know that you know it, they have no shame. It's just like the day they're they're trying to indict Donald Trump on January sixth for what? For inciting violence on the Capitol and causing a riot. Yeah, they they want to throw him in jail because he, according to them, is the reason that people rioted at the Capitol. They did it at his direction. That Donald Trump essentially said. Hey, guys, we're going to the Capitol. We're going to bust out windows. We're going to break into the Capitol and then threaten the lives of lawmakers. That's their argument. And what's crazy is, on the other side, on the left, that's exactly what they did for the entirety of Donald Trump's presidential term. They were begging 
for violence against Trump, against Trump's cabinet, against Trump's supporters. For four years, they were pressuring people to attack the other side in public. Now, it, it, it's not an exaggeration. So if we're playing by the same rules, if Jack Smith is looking to indict politicians that have incited violence, I got you a whole list of people to start indicting right now. Listen to this. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. Yeah, you would have well, been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Who was asking for violence? Who was begging for people to attack the other side? To attack the people that they didn't agree with politically? A whole list of them. And I've got countless numbers of those clips. Democrat lawmakers, Hollywood actors, past and present politicians, all calling for violence. And yet those are the guys on the sideline right now saying, oh, yeah, we got to throw Donald Trump in prison. Will this effectively boost his support? I think so. I think it'll get people fired up again. It sure puts Fox News and corporate media outlets like that in a tough position because they have to cover it. And the last thing they want to do is cover Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, they've got a brand new slogan for their new primetime lineup. 
It's something like uh, the the right voices at the right time, which is probably, I mean, in reality, it's probably a dig at Tucker Carlson, if we're being honest. Here, watch this. This is Fox News' new promo. Fox News Primetime. The right voices at the right time. Fox News Primetime. Weeknights on Fox News. America is watching. Actually, America is not watching because uh, everybody is tuned out to Fox News. They changed up their lineup. So it's Laura Ingram at 6 o'clock, which ruins that time slot. Jesse Waters at 7. God bless him. I love Jesse Waters. Um, He's trying his best. Hannity's still at 8. Greg Gutfeld is 9. Gutfeld and, and Jesse Waters are the only two left. Uh, that are really worth anything that'll actually talk, stand up for what's right. But the rest of Fox News, they've been directed uh, not only to not bring people on. Tommy Tupperville, senator from Alabama, is one of them. And others that are like, no, we don't want to bring that guy on. But they've also been directed to not endorse Donald Trump. Stay away from Donald Trump. Don't talk about him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when this, once this indictment hits. Like, what is Fox News going to do? You're going to keep supporting DeSantis? And, and y'all know y'all know how I feel about DeSantis. I, I don't dislike the guy. And I don't dislike you if you like the guy. That's where there's this big disconnect between a lot of... And it gets amplified on Twitter. Trump supporters and DeSantis supporters, they start going at each other because they feel the other has betrayed... The cause, which we're all on the same page, conservatives, for the same cause. But DeSantis is not going to get any traction, no matter how hard Fox News marks out for Ron DeSantis. He's not going to gain any traction, and a part of that is because of the people he's surrounded himself with. The people that are running his campaign are doing an absolute horrible job, and that's why he is stalling out. It also begs the question, you know, one of DeSantis' big big talking points is uh, how he's going to fire fire people on day one and hire the right people. Well, so far you haven't hired the right people for your campaign. And I'm no political guru. I keep up with it, but I'm, I'm not like an expert on running campaigns. But there's certain things I see, in particular this one DeSantis ad, where they're attacking Donald Trump. They run they started running this ad today in Iowa. And the ad has an AI generated voice clip of Donald Trump having him say something that he never verbally said. Now that sounds like you know, prime for a lawsuit for one, but two Who's going to believe you if you're generating the voice of someone to say in a commercial when people that listen to this obviously know it's generated? Watch this ad right here. Check this out. New ad in Iowa started today. Governor Kim Reynolds is a conservative champion. She signed the heartbeat bill and stands up for Iowans every day. So why is Donald Trump attacking her? I opened up the governor position for Kim Reynolds in which she fell behind. I endorsed her, did big rallies, and she won. Now she wants to remain neutral. I don't invite her to events. Trump should fight Democrats, not Republicans. What happened to Donald Trump? 
Never back down is responsible for the content of this advertising. Uh, come on, dude. Like <laughs> they that was obviously AI generated and they still they still Rental. went with it. I want to play this for you again. Hold on. Let me let me let me get back to it. Here you go. This is Apparently Donald Trump's voice, according to the DeSantis campaign. I opened up the governor position for Kim Reynolds, and when she fell behind, I endorsed her. Did big rallies, and she won. Now she wants to remain neutral. I don't invite her to events. I don't invite her to events. Kim Reynolds, no more Trump events. Come on. That's... Again, this is, I don't expect Ron DeSantis to sit there and approve all these ads that are being played on his behalf. This is from the Never Back Down uh, pack, which is supporting Ron DeSantis that he's not really associated with. They're just, you know, an extension of the DeSantis campaign. And that, what they played there may have been something he posted on True Social. But why not have the narrator of the commercial read the Truth Social post instead of doing an AI-generated voice of Donald Trump? It makes you seem disingenuous, and people feel like you're a liar, and it just generally makes you look bad. Again, whatever the DeSantis campaign wants to do, I mean, if they want my help, they can holler at me. Maybe we can figure out something. But the same old tired talking points and ads like this, it's not going to work out. You, you got to have something new. You got to have something fresh. It's going to connect with people. And in this day and age, I think in the era of Trump, you're going to have to be a little brash. People understand that there are two sides going on. There's the radical left who cloaks themselves in this decency and integrity and soft-spoken and being nice and treating everybody equal, especially transgenders and all this. They're the play-nice side. Well, we need the opposite of that. People want the opposite of that. And so coming out and saying, you know, Florida's where woke goes to die or, you know, we're going to fight the war on woke and beat Disney and all this kind of stuff... All of it's true, but the delivery is awful. And in the meantime, this stuff is continuing to creep in, and it has been creeping in for a long time. And I don't think a lot of people know this. You take the book issue, for instance, which has been the the don't say gay bill in Florida. All of these are honorable issues that DeSantis is going after. And I, I support him. I'm behind him. I agree with him. 100%. But this has been going on so long, and conservatives, Republicans, were scared to touch the issue. This was going on even back before Obama was president. And people, they're they're not talking to kindergartners about sex ed and masturbation. No, no, they were. They were pushing it. Guess who was pushing it? Barack Obama, everybody's favorite Democrat president that granted he only got a fraction of the amount of votes that Joe Biden did, but he was the first black president and he was very popular.
in reality, the only president in recent time that you can compare to Donald Trump's popularity is Barack Obama. It's the only thing we've even seen remotely close to popularity-wise. But Obama was pushing this stuff for a long time, and, and I'm glad DeSantis is on the campaign trail, and I'm glad he's in politics now and he's fighting this stuff. But we need to ask ourselves the question, why did conservatives wait so long to start fighting this battle? Because, again, Obama was pushing this stuff in 2007. I had to go all the way back to 2007 to even find a clip of this, but I remembered it. And I found a clip from Fox News, again, back 2007, days before the, the uh, I guess, uh, months before the 2008 election. So this must have been 2008, but the clip of Obama's from 2007. I had to go all the way back and found a Fox News clip, ironically, from, from Sean Hannity talking about Obama pushing this crap. I want you to watch this. Obama's one accomplishment legislation to teach comprehensive sex education to kindergartners. Learning about sex before learning to read? Barack Obama. Wrong on education. Wrong for your family. Now, just to remind everybody, this is back in July of, July 18th of 2007. This is Barack Obama on Good Morning America. Barack Obama supports uh, teaching sex education to kindergartners. And you know, which I didn't know what to tell him. Um, <laughs> but, but it's the right thing to do. I have the curriculum here in front of me, and I'm going to be a little bit graphic. Um, and that's level one sex education. That would be for five-year-olds. And among boys and girls have body parts that feel good when they are touched. Uh, they give the specific, I know this will be on YouTube, but, I, but I'm, I'm, this, I'm reading it directly. This is for five-year-olds. It talks about specific names of body parts for men and for women and reproduction organs. That some people are homosexual it means they can be attracted to and fall in love with other people of the same sex. Mass Masturbation should be done in a private place. This is in that level one curriculum that he supported. Been going on for a long, long time. And conservatives were silent about that very issue. You like how small the screen was, too? Because it was so far back. It was like 2008. <laughs> it didn't even fill up the whole screen. It's been going on a while. So great. Ron DeSantis is pushing back against this. But we need to know... Why? That's just now an issue. This is how the left operates. The left operates in a way they slowly creep in. You think about the the, the communist handbook that I, I've I've brought up on the show countless times, and I told y'all, I said I keep the communist handbook in my back on a on a daily basis. Hold on. I keep this thing with me because it is always a perfect guide to the Democrat playbook. I've even got it in a folder. And if you can see that on camera, it says commie guide. All right. And I got to thank Tony at Vaporforge. He's the one that originally um, printed this off for me and introduced me to it. Current Communist Goals, January 10th, 1963. 
a list of 45, 45 points to creep their way into society, into the U.S. government, into law enforcement to implement communism in this country. And that right there, that pushing porn on kids and this sex education and eliminating and blurring the lines of what's decent, what's moral, what's appropriate, all that's in that list, cuzzy. Every bit of it. And they're going to continue to do that. And you can look at it, there's, there's microcosms of it as well in the sense of Issues like abortion. You take Planned Parenthood, for instance. You saw Barack Obama. He was speaking at a Planned Parenthood event when he brought that up. He's like, I know we're here to uh, talking about killing babies, but uh, let's talk about uh, getting some good old-fashioned pornography in the kindergarten classroom. Ah. But that's another issue. Look at the, the creation of what is it? Uh, Planned Parenthood. Margaret Sanger created Planned Parenthood to do what? To thin out and possibly eliminate the African-American population. She said, we got too many black people. We got to get rid of them. That goes hand in hand with the Democrat Party being the party of the KKK and all this stuff. Y'all, y'all know. But it's just one of many things. You can piece all this stuff together and start to understand that it's all working towards one big goal. The Democrats moving us towards communism was never just a, a conservative radio talking point. It was always true. The evidence was always there. But people say, bah, it's just a conspiracy theorist. Bah, I don't believe those guys. For instance, the big issue that Tommy Tupperville originally got sideways with, the military and the abortion issue. The White House, the DOD is flipping out because some of our military members might be stationed in a state where abortion has strict restrictions. And they can't get an abortion at six or seven months. The White House is having none of that. The DOD is having none of that. The federal government says no. Our military men and women need to be able to kill their babies whenever they want to do it. Just like at this press briefing, just yesterday, John Kirby being asked, why is it so important? Tell us why it matters to national defense that our service men and women can get abortions. Why is the new DOD policy on abortion critical to military readiness? I'm really glad you asked that question. No, I mean, I really am. One in five members of the U.S. military are women, 20%. We're an all-volunteer force. Nobody's forcing you to sign up and go. People volunteer to go. You raise your right hand and you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for a few years or even for my life. And it might cost me my life to do it. And when you sign up and you make that contract, you have every right to expect that the organization, in this case the military, is going to take care of you, and they're going to take care of your families, and they're going to make sure that you can serve with dignity and respect, no matter who you are or who you love uh, or, uh, or how you worship or don't. And, um, and our 
policies, whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity, or whether they're about transgender individuals who qualify physically and mentally to serve to be able to do it with dignity, or whether it's about female service members, one in five, or female family members being able to count on the kinds of health care and reproductive care specifically that they need to serve. Uh, that is a foundational, sacred obligation of military leaders across the river. Uh, I've seen it myself, and it matters because it says we're invested in you because you are being willing to invest in us. You're investing your life, your family's livelihood with us. We owe you that, that back in return. I had a chance a couple of weeks ago to meet with some military spouses here at the White House. Um, some were active duty members, some were spouses, all were women. And 201, they told me, uh, that abortion laws in this country that are now being passed are absolutely having an effect on their willingness to continue serving in uniform or to encourage or discourage, in this case, their spouses from continuing service. So if you don't think there's going to be a retention and a morale issue, think again, because it's already having that effect. I have a, a, a son uh, in the Navy, I think you all know that, and son-in-law too, they're both stationed down in Norfolk on destroyers. You know, and they're proud to keep serving their country in the Navy, but you know, the Navy told them where to go. They go, you go where you're told. That's the way orders work. You go where you're assigned. You don't get to choose. And so what happens if you get assigned to a state like Alabama, which has a pretty restrictive abortion law in place, and you're concerned about your reproductive care? What do you do? Do you say no and get out? Well, some people may decide to do that. And what does that mean? That means we lose talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We lose talent. What is what is my what are my children? What is my son supposed to do if he wants to abort my grandbaby and he's in Alabama? <sighs> the horror. The absolute horror. These people are sick individuals. I mean, even the thought of aborting their own children, they're just like, whatever. Whatever. It's politics, right? They're not affected by any of this. It's sick, man. And we'll talk about it more tomorrow on the radio. Also, uh, tomorrow on the next edition of Hot Takes. I appreciate each and every one of you guys that get on here, hang out, watch the Hot Takes, share it, like, all that stuff. Y'all keep doing that for us. We appreciate it more than you possibly know. And we'll be back next time. Until next time, see you, Cubs!